introduce our speaker um, for this morning. And um, yeah, he's a young guy. He's um, it's his first time, and uh, we're going to stand to our feet. Come on, guys. And we're going to honour the man of God this morning in our midst. And uh, we've watched this guy. A lot of us have watched this guy grow. And um, some of us have, have been in his life more than others. And um, have seen the work that God has done. And seen the places that God has taken him. And the stuff that God has brought him through. And he remained faithful all the way through. And um, so, yeah. So let's just welcome... Greg to the pulpit this morning. Good morning. That was lovely. Was that recorded? I, yeah. Thanks, Sharon. Um, yeah, it's an honor to, to be standing up here this morning. Um, I've been a member of this house for six or seven years now and come through a lot of stuff. So to just be standing here, being able to, to share God's word is, is an incredible testimony of his grace and of his goodness. Um, and I believe that, that he has given me something relevant for us this morning. Um, surprise, surprise, we're still going through the Psalms. Psalm 3 was last week. Psalm 4 this week, can you see a pattern coming along? Guess what's coming next week? Psalm 7. Um, This has been been a great series. I mean, we're three Psalms in. In my Bible here, that's that's one page. They all fit on one page and a couple of lines on the next page. Like, how much... Uh, how rich has it been? How much teaching has there been? How much have, have you received from it? I know for me personally, it's just been really eye-opening that in such a short amount of scripture, there's such depth and so much um, for us to, to learn and to take from. Um, and Psalm 4 is, is no different, you know. Um, th- I think there's something really relevant in that for us today. Um, some of the Psalms are like some of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Um, Psalm 23, verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. That that scripture has sustained me in times when I had nothing else to rely on. Um, the fact the the fact that God never leaves me um, is, has been a source of strength when I really needed it. Psalm 121, I look up to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Later in that psalm it says... Um, that he he will watch over you uh, as you come and go both now and forevermore. Like those are just such there's such depth in those. There's so so much truth that we can hold on to, and those two especially have really sustained me. So the Psalms, I think, have so much for us today, so much um, for us to dig into, um, and th- that will enrich our lives and just build that that picture of um, of God's character and the truths about Him. Um. The other thing that I think is really cool about the Psalms, just from just from a, like a reading perspective, is that it it gives you such an insight into what David knew about God. Like it gives you such an insight into the things that he he knew to be true about God's character. You know, the fact that he never leaves him, the fact that he's his protector, his provider, 
you know, there's so many themes that go through the Psalms. There's like what 140 something Psalms. Like there's a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot that uh, we see about David, about himself, but also about what David knew to be true of God. And, and we get to take some of that in um, today and through you know every day in, in reading these to see what is relevant for us. Um, and like I said, today we're going to look at Psalm 4. I'm going to read through it. It's only eight verses. It's pretty short. Um, and then I'll break some of it down for us. So, Psalm 4. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O man, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer rice sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than when than they have when their grain and wine abound. In grace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. So before we get into the few points that I have, I want to give some background about what's going on in this psalm. So I, when I read this the first time, it, it doesn't really, I couldn't really see a, like a pattern in it. I couldn't see a theme. I couldn't see how it all tied together. It seemed to be kind of random. You know, it's David saying to, to men, like, how long will my honor be turned into shame and then he's saying be angry and don't sin and it didn't seem to flow there didn't seem to be any sort of connection in it for me that I could see um, and so I, I did some reading and, and did some searching and, and read like what what was going on at the time when this was happening what what was facing David when he wrote this and um, because there's cries out to God in here there's cries for help there's um, a reiteration of of what he knows to be true about God so something was going on and I think it's helpful to know what that is because it gives you an idea of where he was coming from when he wrote this. Um, so David is the king of Israel. You know that's uh, kind of the overarching thing that he he's the one who's responsible for the nation um, under God. And in verse seven, there's a reference to um, grain and and wine abounding, so like a plentiful harvest. And what people seem to have commented on this is that there. When, when this is written, there seems to be some sort of calamity in Israel. There's some, something that has gone wrong that the people are angry about and they expected David to have prevented. So in verse 7, it talks about the, the grain and the harvest. So potentially it's something that impacted that. It's like a, it's a drought or it's a famine or it's, it's some, uh, some event that has impacted the whole nation that the people are not happy about and they're angry at David for not preventing. And they're blaming him, they're slandering him, they're bad-mouthing him, they're tearing him down. You know, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you tear down my image, tear down the, uh, you know, the glory that I have in this nation? And they even want to, like, start to replace him. So they're saying, you know, who will show us some good? Who will, who can come in here and, uh, you know, basically not do this again? Who can, who can keep us from this situation? Uh, and they're seeking protection, and they're seeking provision and sustenance from David. And we'll see later on that that's 
that's a big problem. You know, they they should be seeking that stuff, yes, but they shouldn't be seeking it from David. They should be seeking that from the king, uh, the king of kings, the 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 king over David. And Psalm four is uh, is kind of both David's response to the people and then also a cry to God for help. Okay, there's a few things that um, that I think are good to know about David going into this. So we see a few things throughout the Psalms that that give a lot of context and backing to this. So the first one is that God, that David has this knowledge of God as the great king, not just a great king uh, or even just a king, but the great king, the king of kings, the king that's above him, the king that he reports to. Um, that you know he's the the great king, the good and faithful judge. In Psalms we see these phrases like a lot, like "Why, O Lord?" or "How long, O, o God?" and um, these cries out to God, like "Why is this happening? Why am I being persecuted? Why are these people coming after me? How long until you step in? How long until you show up?" For me, those are quite familiar phrases. You know, I, I don't know if any of you have ever um, have ever said those words crying out to God, like, how long, Lord, do I have to put up with this? Why haven't you stepped in? Why haven't you healed me? Why haven't you? Why, why, why? And what these are is, like, so these are cries to God, but in themselves, they're a recognition that that God can do something to help you. They're a recognition that, that he is someone of authority. You don't cry out for help to someone who you don't think can help you. You know, if if... If you're injured, you're not going to call out to someone who has absolutely no ability to deal with your injury. You're going to call out for someone with with training. You're going to call out for someone who can, you know, address the issue at hand. And that's, you know, whether it's conscious or not, when we cry out to God, we're recognizing the fact that that he has the ability to do something about the situation. And that's the position that David kind of stands in for the whole of the psalms you know you see even at the start of this psalm answer me when i call O god of my righteousness you have given me relief when i was in distress he's crying out to god but it's recognition um of what he's done that he he knows that he is able to relieve him and to help him he knows that he is the ultimate judge he's the ruler over all that he knows every heart and that he can't be swayed by false or clever testimony it's it's very difficult to convince someone of something when they know everything that's inside of you. You know, you can't. Uh, there's no way that you can spin a story or to to spin your tale or to to uh, present your case that will get around the fact that he sees everything. You know, so from the very start, that kind of sets him up in a in almost like a, an unfair position, if you like. You you can't you can't get around it. You can't um you know bring the big words or um, try to mislead. Um, but from our perspective, that's great because we know that no matter what, he sees everything um, and that we something like we don't even need to present a case, that we know that God sees and knows everything that's in our hearts. There's, n- there's no fear of, of corruption. There's no like jurisdictional boundaries that when we cry out to this king that that it doesn't matter where we are, that he can... 
he can come in and he can he can rescue us that he can deal with a situation there's no authority that's greater than him there's no fear that someone else has come in and and swayed him already that that he is the the good and faithful judge with no boundaries that there's uh, no earthly authority that that can stop him and even when earthly authorities have no power the almighty has power to come in and rule and to pass judgment and to rescue us and to bring us out of our situations he's the defender he's the father he's a protector that's the position that david stands in when he when he cries out in this psalm when he says oh god of my righteousness and throughout the psalms when he cries out that's the position that he's standing from the knowledge of god as all of that And it's good knowing that that's true of God, but even further than that, he knows that he listens, that he hears him. When you, you know, you can cry out all you want, but if, if, if the one you're crying to can't hear you, then, then what's the point? Verse three of this psalm says, the Lord hears when I call to him. In the message, it says that he listens the split second that I call to him. That's the position I want to be in, that when I need help, that as soon as I speak, the one who can rescue me hears me and can come alongside me. Having the instant attention of the one who can sustain me and deliver me. What a, what a, what a starting point, like what a, what a position to be able to stand in. Another another important thing here is so the the first one is just the the ultimate rule of God the ultimate uh, God being the ultimate king the ultimate judge the the one over everything who sees everything knows every heart knows everything about you knows everything about your situation and um, that truth is kind of the first piece of this and the second one is that that David recognizes uh, that God is is the source uh, of everything that when um, He's the source of all his his worth, his value. Um, he's the source of uh, every uh, everything that he has. That he's the one who has has delivered him before, and he's the one that can deliver him again. Uh, he's the protector of his life. He's the one that sustains him. You know, in verse uh, in verse eight, uh, in peace I will both lie down and sleep for you, O Lord. Oh, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Verse one. You have given me relief when I was in distress. He's, he's relating to things that God has done for him. So he rec- he's recognizing that God is the protector, that he's the one who sustains him. In Psalm 4, we see that the people are seeking from David what they should be seeking from him. So we're talking about uh, the people who are looking to David and saying, why didn't you prevent this um, this calamity? Why didn't you prevent this drought? Why did you not prevent all, all of our crops dying so we have no harvest, we have no grain, we have no wine? And imagine being in David's position. Like, what do you say to that? Like, you know, uh, sorry, <laughs> you know. Um, if you, I was in, I was in London yesterday celebrating Becky's birthday, um, and we didn't know it at the time when I. I didn't know it at the time when I booked the flights that uh, there was a huge protest in London yesterday around the uh, the Brexit stuff. They were 
uh, you know, marching to get another vote or something. Um, I'm not a I'm not a big on politics. Um, so we we got there and we walked out of the tube station and there's over a million people on the streets of London, and it was it was crazy. But I, it was interesting at the same time seeing knowing that I was coming to talk about this stuff, um, and then seeing people marching with with these images of Theresa May, the Prime Minister, with these banners and placards and everything, and they're saying things like, uh, you know, they're talking about their ec- economic future. They're talking about the stability of their economy, of their education system, of you know the, the free travel through Europe. Um, all they're talking about looking to Theresa May to secure this deal that will ensure all of this stuff. And it it just seems like a parallel to this, you know, where the people are looking to a leader for something that that leader has no ability to to come through on you know god is not or theresa may is not the one who can guarantee the financial and economic future of her nation in the same way that our government is not the one who can who can guarantee that for us that comes from one place that comes from from god the king of kings who who rules over that stuff sure it can be facilitated by people here but we shouldn't be crying out to our leaders for stuff that only god can can come through on, and you know, even uh, there was some, there was some uh, banners and and posters and stuff that that really tore down, you know, the character of the leaders and the integrity of the leaders of that nation. And you know, it's just this this problem in Psalm four is not an old problem. This happens today. It was hap- it was happening yesterday, and it's happening today. And we still do it, you know. We still look to to people in positions of authority or people that we respect, and we look for um, sustenance from them. We look for recognition from them. We look for um, security from them. We look for these guarantees that um, that many times they can't give, or if they can give them, that they're false. In verse six of this psalm. David is kind of is, is quoting them. He's saying, you know, there are many who say, "Who will show us some good? Who can who can come in and and do these things for us?" And David's response is, "Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord." Verse eight: In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And even in, at the start of the psalm, in verse one, you. You have given me relief when I was in distress. So through this whole situation, what's David's response is he's he's turning it back to the king. He's turning it back to God. He's saying, you're asking this for me and you're saying, who can who can come in? Do you know who can come in? God is the only one that can come in. And he's asking him to come in with his presence, to shine his face on them, to let them know his favor. Despite the whole situation, David remains fixed on God. Despite all of the the, the mixed and misplaced expectations and hopes, um, which I don't know, I've never been in a position of leadership at that level, but I can't imagine how heavy that is to to bear the weight of of expectations of a nation in a time of need and know that you have absolutely no ability to to do anything about it. That must be an incredible burden and weight. But David knew 
David had the security of knowing that he didn't have to carry that. And that's what we're seeing here is that he's reflecting or, or uh, redirecting people to God in every time. So there's like a few places just in this one psalm where he's, people are saying this and David is, David's answer is just to point to the king and be like, no, no, God is where that comes from. God is where you need to seek. God is, is the one you need to go after here, not me. He doesn't focus on the reality of the situation that's facing him. He focuses on the reality of the king who backs him and who stands behind him, beside him, and who has gone before him in every situation. He centers himself on what God has done and he points to God as king. So like, you know, even up up until this point in in David's life, he has testimonies of what, what the Lord has brought him through. He has stories of the situations that that God has delivered him from, that has um, that where God has come through, where He's cried out and the Lord has showed up, and I think I think everyone um, has has stories like that, you know, where and it doesn't matter how big or small they are. There's there's always times when, and I know this because God is good and He shows up and He listens, um, and so even when we don't recognize that He's done this. I can almost guarantee you that there, if you look back, you'll find times when God showed up. A few years ago, um, myself and Becky moved to the U.S. Um, I had an opportunity through work to take on a project over there, and so we moved to this so-called city uh, of Lansing, Michigan. Um, people would say, well, where in the States are you going? We'd say Michigan, and they're like, Detroit? No. And then you say the name, they're like, oh, yeah. No one ever heard of this place. I don't know. I don't think the people who live there don't even know the name of the place. Um, it's small. It's a small, small town. There's like, you know, tens of thousands of people. It's, it's, it's a small place that we, that we didn't have any context for going in. I had been there once, um, before and kind of seen roughly like what it looked like. Um, and so we were kind of we were going into the unknown a little bit into a very different situation we were used to being in dublin you know big city um lots of people lots going on and so we kind of made these plans for what we wanted to do when we got there well we know we have to do this 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 we have to get a bank account we have to find somewhere to live we have to do all these things and then we made all of these plans we were like we know who we need to talk to we know where we need to go and we got there day one. We had five, kind of four or five main things that we wanted to do to like establish ourselves and to to get sorted. And we had planned on ticking all of them off on day one. And by lunchtime, maybe uh, day one, every single plan had failed. There, we couldn't uh, we couldn't get our social security numbers because of some reason then we couldn't open a bank account because we didn't have social security numbers and it was just a chain of these failures in our in our eyes and we got back to our to our hotel where we were staying and we were just both in tears we were we were even trying to get get around the city you know crying while we're driving like just it was just a nightmare there was there's no other way to put it everything every plan that we had made had failed and we were sitting in our room, and 
we just made the decision that we need to we need to turn to God on this because or else we're going home. Like, you know, it's a two year contract, but like we'll go home on day two, you know, if <laughs> if it's gonna be like this because we can't we can't sustain this level of disappointment. Uh which I'm sure would have gone over well with, with my boss. Um but we we we, are, we made the decision to 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 turn and to reflect and to point to God and be like God you have to like we need you to step in we need we need you to do something here you know to similar to David answer me when I call to you Lord you know hear us you know that that um the the verse in the message that he when I call to him he hears me instantly that's that's what we needed we needed that level of engagement and that level of connection from him and he showed up and we we worshiped him and we we spent some time with him and everything changed from there everything because we we chose to center ourselves in him and we chose to not focus on the issues that we were faced with, but we chose to focus on the one who sustains us and the one who we forgot sustained us, and we forgot it was was the one who who made a way for us and who who planned everything out. When we turned and focused on him, that's when everything changed. And so when David here is is pointing to God, why why why? Like he, he could have just you know ignored everyone. He's the king. He can do what he wants. He can just he can just have them all slaughtered and his problem goes away. You don't have to feed anyone if there's no one to feed, right? Um, a famine is not, is only a problem as long as you have people that are hungry. You know, David could have fixed this himself. You know, he could have turned this around very quickly. Um, but instead he he reflects everything to God. He redirects everything to God and he points to Him when people are coming against Him. Why? Because he knows that they need to know him. He knows that they need to be directing their cries to God, not to him. And it's almost like a teaching thing. He's almost, you know, trying like, you know, come on guys, you know where this stuff comes from and it's not me. The king is the the king of kings is the one who whose favor that you need, not mine. He's the one who you need to step in and deliver you, not me. He's the one who can provide for your every need. You have put more joy in my heart than when than they have when their grain and wine abound. He's testifying to his goodness that that even when their harvest comes in and they have the joy and the happiness that comes with that, that even even that level that God has more joy for us. He has more to, to bring in on top of what we can achieve ourselves and on, on top of what um, we can harvest ourselves, if you like. I'm going to call the worship team back up. Um, and as we close, what I want to... Just talk for a moment on what what does this look like for us today? So, you know, talking about the the stuff in the UK, very relevant problem. You know, even in our everyday lives, it's a very relevant problem that we we seek things from places where they shouldn't be sought. That we seek fulfilment. That we seek 
And I'm including myself in this. We seek approval. Um, we seek provision. We seek favor from people where we should be seeking it from God. Um, you know, sometimes we, it's not even people that we seek it from. Sometimes it's, it's work. Sometimes it's, uh, it's drugs. Sometimes it's alcohol. Sometimes it's family. You know, sometimes it's our friends. Sometimes it's our, our sports team. We seek this, uh, these things from places where, that were never designed to provide and to fulfill those needs. And the question that sits above it is, do you know where that stuff needs to come from? Do you know or do you recognize who can fulfill that need? Who? Uh, sometimes we don't even recognize the need. Sometimes we don't even realize what it is that we're seeking, but uh, we know that, that something doesn't feel right. Do you ever get... Uh, angry or feel disappointed when you don't get noticed by someone that you're you're in work or you're in in school and you you feel like you've done a great job on something and then you don't get any recognition from it do you ever feel that that kind of kick in your gut or uh when when you find yourself choosing to take on an extra shift instead of being home for your, with your family because you know it's going to be easier to, 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 to stay in a situation that you're comfortable with. What is it that we're seeking? What is the thing in, in your life that, that is being fulfilled or that you're trying to fill with something that's not God? Here's the truth. We have, we have the ear of the king. We have the instant attention of, of, the one who can fulfill the needs that we have. And all we have to do is cry out. All we have to do is to recognize it, turn to him and say, God, help me. God, I turn to you for whatever. Whatever.